Our newest marketing partner here at Transmedia Worldwide, MoneyWeeklyPaychecks.com. Here's an excellent opportunity to make money working from home. Make $250 to $2,500 per week. Get paid every Friday like clockwork. Great turnkey system with all the free training you need and only $40 to get started. Motor Club of America has been around for decades. Since 1926. Also, once you start your home-based business, you will receive 150 million in benefits. That's right. Watch a business presentation at MoneyWeeklyPaychecks.com. Here are the benefits you're going to receive: the MCA program benefits, ERS Emergency Road Service 24-hour dispatch. You're provided help when you run out of gas, when you have a flat tire or when your battery dies. You'll also receive towing services up to 100 miles. That's right, 100 miles from where your car has broken down. Protection is not limited to your normal vehicle. Coverage is also available for your boat, motorcycle, RV, dually truck, or even your livestock trailer, all at an additional no cost. Access to a locksmith when you're locked out of your vehicle. Emergency roam expenditure protection as well. This benefit covers the cost of splints, casts, lab work, x-rays, IVs, transfusions, anesthetics, nursing care, doctor care, and facility care. Also receive a $150 daily hospital benefit, up to $54,750. This benefit's not paid to the facility and hospital, but it's paid directly to you. If your normal auto insurance policy covers your hospital and doctor expenses, you keep this money. Accidental death coverage plan. Accidental death benefit plan. Traffic court defense disimbursement. Stolen automobile award. Stolen farm equipment award. Paid legal defense fees for both moving violations and personal injuries up to $3,000. Receive a $500 arrest bond certificate. Receive up to $25,000 in jail bond. Also, stolen credit card protection. Receive travel planning and assistance service whether you are traveling for business or for pleasure. Discounts received and ranging from 5% to 40% at car rental companies and major hotels. Discounts from 50% to 60% at major providers of vision, dental, and prescription. Check it out today. It's all available online. MoneyWeeklyPaychecks.com. That's MoneyWeeklyPaychecks.com. And for the people in the cheap seats in the back, it's MoneyWeeklyPaychecks.com. And we'll spell it for you. M-O-N-E-Y-W-E-E-K-L-Y-P-A-Y-C-H-E-C-K-S.com. And tell them you heard about it here on Trade Video Worldwide. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Great new author out there, Justin Sloan's book, Creative Writing Career, Becoming a Writer of Movies, Video Games, and Books, is now discounted to 99 cents. And 25% of the profits go to supporting military veteran writing programs. This guide to positioning yourself for a career as a creative writer includes author interviews with writers from Pixar, Assassin's Creed 2, Destiny, Game of Thrones, and many, many more. Everyone wants to be a writer, and they want to know what they can do to make the dream come true. However, most aspiring writers do not understand how to position themselves, so they are ready when presented with an opportunity. 
based on a lifetime of struggling to make it as a creative writer, creative writing career, becoming a writer of movies, video games, and books is a guide for aspiring writers to help them position themselves in an extremely competitive field. Check out Justin M. Sloan on Twitter and go to Amazon.com and type in Justin Sloan. Search creative writing career becoming writer ebook. It's available right now on Amazon.com and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Hi there, I'm Elvis Rico, host of Laughing with Cancer, a podcast that I do monthly. I talk about cancer, diet, exercise, and coping with the struggles of having cancer or any other type of chronic illness. So join me as we travel down that cancer road together with laughter and positive thinking. Peace, love, and stay laughing, my friends. Laughing with cancer. Let's live a life now. Are fossils always a sign of great age? Find out next on today's Creation Moments Minute. Are fossils always a sign of great age? Find the answer on today's Creation Moments Minute. In an attempt to maintain the illusion that fossils must be millions of years old, evolutionists dismiss examples of young fossils as freaks of nature. However, there are many examples of fossils that were formed recently. A circular rock discovered on a western Australian beach was a dense, high-calcium sandstone. After being cut open, it became clear that the sandstone was fossilized number 8 fence wire that could have been in the water only between 30 and 80 years. The existence of fossils does not disprove the Bible's account of history that dates the Earth at only about 6,000 years old. If fossils can form in a relatively few number of years, 6,000 years is more than enough time to form all the millions of fossils discovered. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. Back here on the world-famous Jiggy Jig while you show coast-to-coast to border-to-border on the Starcom Radio Network 20-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world are good friends that tune in. Also, iTunes. Check us out each and every day, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard. And you can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Jiggy Jaguar. Let's talk a little bit about one of our great marketing partners before we get into our next segment here on the radio program. Check out this brand new puzzle adventure game. It's called Tall Tales. It just released on Google Play and iTunes for free. Don't let the cuteness fool you. This game is going to break your brain, but in a good way. Master all 125 levels that progress from simple and straightforward to brain-breakingly difficult from the correct path using all available tiles. Well, I'll tell you right now, before you run out of ink, but beware... You will get knocked back if you try to cross your own path or run into a pesky path blocker. The app features simple touch and drag controls, irresistible puppy characters and character customization, special reward items, 
purchasable bonus characters and accessories. Power-ups to help complete difficult levels. 125 levels. Amazing stuff. And a percentage of the profits are donated to Dog Rescue. Basically, this is just a really good game and donates to a good cause. Check out ZuluLabs.com. Let's tell you a little bit about these folks. They're amazing. It's Z-U-U-L-I-L-B-S. Dot com. Check out Tall Tales. It's available on Google Play and iTunes. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it with our next segment here on the big program. We've got Donald Mazzella and Dan Perkins with us today on the telephone. And uh, we are going to be doing some interesting stuff with them today. A lot of good discussion. Um, I know that our first topic, Don um, sent me over our first topic, and uh, uh, Dan, I, I, I know I know it's something that, that you wanted to talk about, so kind of give us some, some background here on this, and, and, and let's jump into the first segment here, gentlemen. Thanks for being with us today. Yes, yes I did, yes I did. We, we, we actually also shared that on our social media as well, so, so everybody got that, got that as well. Did you have a did you have a sense of how how, how did you react to what I said? Well, I I uh, I'll tell you, you had a lot of interesting thoughts there, and and I'm really hoping that uh, we can. I want to get Don's thoughts on this too. Don, Don, did you see this? Uh, did you see this as well? I, I did. I think. Uh, uh, I think Dan should should lead off by saying what he considers the most important part of it, because I uh, I think um, uh, uh, what I might have think is the most important part. Uh, uh, and I really and our listeners should really listen. Dan, you made two or three uh, very good points. But what do you consider the most important point? I, I think that the, in, in, in this op-ed, the most important, from my standpoint, is the is the disclosure to a much broader uh, audience of the no-go zones in in France and in other countries. The idea that the French government, under the offices of political correctness, would allow these Muslims to come in for since 1996, and rather than assimilate them into the into the French culture, allow them to set up their own, virtually their own country within the geographical boundaries of the border of France, um, and and basically forbid the French police and the French fire uh, coming into their into their neighborhoods, into their I call it their 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 fiefdoms. Um, and the fact that they're using Sharia law as opposed to French law to govern those communities, uh, I think it was an incredible mistake. And uh, now you have a, a, a very large, probably the largest concentrations of Muslims in France than any other country. But the, the problems of the no-go zone and the and the isolation of the Arab communities is common across all of Europe. 
And I, I think the idea that a sovereign nation, uh, under the auspices of not trying to offend anybody, would give up its territorial rights to an ever-increasing population and an ever-increasing amount of space to let them run it the way they see it um, is an opportunity that the, the, the radical Muslims are in fact looking for because it allows them the opportunity as they grow in population uh, to become more and more involved in virtually taking over the country and converting it to a Muslim country in terms of government and culture. And the, 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 the million people that were in downtown Paris who were protesting the massacre at the magazine in the, or the newspaper were also protesting the fact that they were losing their culture. Uh, as I've traveled through Europe many times over the last few years, uh, I see in London and, and in Dublin and, and in Paris and, and, um, and Geneva uh, the ever-increasing growing population of the Muslim people and their aggressive nature of uh, wanting to virtually take over the countries because they want to take over the world and make Sharia law the law of the land. And uh, the fact that the, the French government, under the auspices of political correctness, uh, uh, have allowed that subjugation of the political authority uh, and the legal authority to virtually a nation that, that doesn't exist except that they've allowed it to exist. And I don't know how you go back. How do you stop that? Um, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a troubling situation, and I'm wondering if, even though people say it can't happen here, I'm not so sure that it can't happen here. The way we are, as, as much as we are a country, more and more governed by political correctness. The thing I've never understood, and, and maybe uh, you guys can, can kind of shed some light on this, um, when did we get away from... People immigrating to different countries and learning to speak the language and do the customs and being part of that country's fabric. Um, I noticed that a lot with the, the Latin pop population here in the U.S. They, they fly the Mexican flag. They're speaking Spanish. They're, they're, they're proud of their heritage, but sometimes they're a little too proud of their heritage. And it's the same thing over there with, with the Muslims. They have their own areas and all these things. Let me take this for just one second, Don. Uh, you raise a great question. Um, uh, most people don't know um, that from about 1929 to 1960, there was a, a, what is called a period of, uh, in the United States, as it, is it dramatically shrunk uh, immigration and went through what a period of assimilation. Uh, the feeling was at the time that uh, the significant increase in population from all over the world, uh, those people that were coming in, the first generations, needed to learn the language, learn the culture, and learn the laws to become citizens of this country. And so that 
that period of assimilation, which ran almost 40 years, uh, gave a great number of people. So what, what happened was that you had people coming from, just like they did it when we were founded, they had people coming from England and Ireland and Spain and France and Germany and all over, um, and they were coming into the United States, and they were they had to comply with our laws. And we know we have, we have as Michael Savage says, it's, it's borders, it's culture, and it's language. Um, in my entire life, as I was growing up as a young man in Columbus, Ohio, um, the public schools taught English. And uh, they offered Spanish and they offered French and, and, and as cultural languages, and, and, but didn't require. And over time, when political correctness was basically born, and again, most people don't, if you've never done any study of where political correctness originated from, it actually came from the communists um, yeah. and, uh, in, in Europe. Go ahead, Don. No, uh, I was agreeing with you. I was just about to say the communists. Um, I just want to point out that my father came into this country in 1929 illegally. And the, but the first school that everybody learned when they came to this country was learn English. And um, could I point out, at that time, don't forget the media, uh, in the terms of the radio and in terms of the movies, which were the two top uh, uh, media at the time, both preached learn English, learn the American way, not... Um, be proud of your culture, but learn uh, learn the American way. Um, uh, some, some, uh, somewhere in the 1960s, it became okay not to learn English. And the media encouraged that. And, um, uh, and I blame, blame the media, and I don't know where and how um, uh, 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 this change came. But... Uh, uh, the main difference is the media changed in the 60s and said it was okay to not learn English. It was okay not to do this. It was okay to, to hold on to your roots even more firmly than uh, you did in the past. Remember, we are a culture. Every, everybody here in America has two heritages, America and wherever else. The, the, they or their parents or their grandparents came from. And uh, um, I, I, I use as the example the great uh, character actor Leo Carrillo. Uh, if you know him at all, you know him as uh, the Cisco kid's uh, partner in uh, uh, Poncho. But uh, the, the thing about it uh, was, uh, people probably don't remember this, but Every year, he led the Rose Bowl Parade in his uh, Rishri uh, embossed with his horse, Palomino horses, etc. But he always preached that uh, he was an American first and a Mexican-American second. And uh, all of our leaders at that time uh, preached that. But, but now, uh, our leaders uh, preach uh, acceptance and... Uh, by the way, you're absolutely right, Dan, about uh, the enclaves. But the French successfully did uh, in North Africa by allowing 
uh, the laws in, in the Cars Bar, if you remember the Charles Boyer movie. I'm a lot older than mm-hmm. probably our audience. I'm, I know I'm older than you, Dan. Uh, but, Not uh, that much. Uh, but that backfired on them when the, when the, those areas became the breeding ground for the uh, breeding ground for the Algerian War, which eventually led to the loss of uh, North Africa for French colonies. And it's interesting, the Spanish, who still control Spanish Morocco, do not permit that. And uh, the, Span- the Spaniards are very, uh, very much aware of that, and they learned their lesson from the French, and they broke up the enclaves. Uh, uh, in both in, in Spain and in uh, Spanish Morocco. So, you know, Dan, what you're saying is absolutely correct. The French made the mistake. Uh, the Germans, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, you know, when I read your piece, I went back and looked at some of the stuff that I've done in the past, but I called a friend of mine um, who, who stationed in, uh, in Germany, and we talked about it. And he said that about 40 years ago, the Germans saw the, the danger to that and started to break it out. And let's be frank about it, there's no more brutal policemen in the world than the uh, Germans when they get aroused. And uh, he said to me that they are putting in um, stringent new control uh, controls based on what's happening in France. And that story's going to come out uh, with... Uh, 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 Hinkle in the next couple of weeks she is going to uh, to come out with some drastic new directives uh, to, to the police and to, uh, uh, about that uh, because they are frightened and uh, so then you, uh, raising the alarm as you do is, is uh, uh, really important and most uh, most Americans were not so aware of how these enclaves were, were operating, and I don't think many Frenchmen really realized it until the last week. No. You know, it's interesting, they they talked about uh, today on the news, the, uh, the AK-47s came from outside of France, and France, France had some of the strictest gun control rules in the world, laws, excuse me, and yet, um, um, you, it is possible that you could go into Morocco, acquire the weapons in Morocco, and bring them all the way to Paris and never be stopped because of the European because of the European Union. And if you have a French passport, remember these people that did all the shooting were were native French, um, and so that that, not, that the the issue really becomes: Has the European Union, in essence, festered? The, the migration of the, of the Muslims to all over Europe to the point that they, that they have, uh, are getting closer and closer to getting control of ma- major countries in Europe. I think that's certainly possible. But again, it, it, it raises the question, was the European Union as it, as it dreamed to be, that turned out to be not a dream but a nightmare, because of the the destruction of cultures and borders and language, and as a result, uh, identities. I know my my younger son and his wife 
uh, she's Irish, and they've, they've been to Dublin because she has family there many times, and, uh, and they tell us when they come back that their relatives are really, really angry because the Muslims are taking over the city of Dublin and trying to turn it into a Muslim state. And they see their culture, they see the Irish culture and the Irish heritage and the Irish history disappearing rapidly. And um, they're very angry about that. We had, uh, as you may recall, there was a referendum on the ballot in Switzerland about a month ago uh, dealing with restrictions on immigration. And it, it narrowly failed, but I wonder had it been after the attack in Paris, whether it would have failed or would it have passed. Uh, it, it, it is a problem, um, but there's a... Uh, when, when do we need our first break? Because I don't want to start some... No, break. actually, go, go ahead, because as soon as you get done making your point, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go to break, my friend, so go ahead. Okay. The, the point that I wanted to make was that is that it, it was... Uh, very mysterious to me why the United States had no representative at the march of solidarity. Excellent. I was going to bring that up next. Okay, well, we'll talk about that after the break. Yes, yes, definitely. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick time out here with uh, Don Mazzella and Dan Perkins, and when we come back, we've got more with both of these gentlemen. We'll talk uh, about the big march that took place this last week and why there was no United States representative at the uh, at the rally. We've got more coming up here on the World Famous Chicky Jaguar Show. Back here in a few moments. Great opportunity from one of our fantastic marketing partners, the Transmedia Worldwide. OwnMatrix.com slash question mark. REF equals 1068. The 110 method. It's one focus, 10 times the income. It's a game-changing business model for stay-at-home online entrepreneurs. Ownmatrix.com slash question mark. REF equals 1068. And we'll spell it for you one more time. O-W-N-M-A-T-R-I-X. Dot com slash question mark ref equals 1068 and it's a fantastic game-changing business model for stay-at-home online entrepreneurs it's the one focus 10 times the income the 110 method and tell them you heard about it here on transmedia worldwide it's another great crowdfunding opportunity and marketing partner here at transmedia worldwide gofund.me slash help ms dorothy go home in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy wanted to return home. Well, this is no fairy tale. 85-year-old Dorothy Reed wished to return to the home post-Hurricane Katrina, New Orleans, Ninth Ward. All the details are clearly displayed in this campaign at gofund.me slash h-e-l-p-m-s-d-o-r-a-t-h-y-g-o-h-o-m and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's talk about one of our fantastic marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is a new online business. It's called the 110 Method. Anyone can join for $7 to get in. It is 100% residual income. It is team building matrix, and the product is tools that will have people market their business. We're building a team and trying to advertise for people to get in. This is not like the average opportunity where the people at the top make all the money and you don't make anything. All the tools are given in the back office for you to promote the opportunity and any other 
businesses you may have. We have team meetings online every Monday, and some people have 400 or more people in their team already. The company launched the opportunity on January 1st, 2015, and has gone viral since being released. If people want to join, all they need is $7 to get in, and there will be 10 opportunities to increase your income. Let's tell you about a great crowdfunding campaign from one of our great marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This mobile application observes one's dedicated hard work one puts in each day because we know the reward would benefit a message of hope for a better tomorrow. 1.02 billion people are in need of aid, guidance, and services within our community. Uh, We consider modern-day discipline with a heart of unity. We enjoy helping others. God turned my life around, and I would love to help make our world better. This mobile application will allocate free services socially with those in need of our communities. It's about giving back or helping others. It's important to be modern to reach people where they are. Through the generosity, those in need will grow to know Christ. Let's change the world of social media and fund a positive mobile application people will care about. Also, we've included the Balloon Challenge. This gives supporters to share their funnest balloon pop reaction. This is Chris Markowski, Watchdog on Wall Street. This is your Watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. Congress back in session. President is going to be going on a little trip this week, talking about some various, possibly different executive actions he may uh, get himself involved in. The Republicans are planning on starting off with the Keystone XL pipeline. Democrats are threatening to thwart it. What I think probably will happen is they'll probably cut some sort of deal where our taxes will go up uh, on gasoline. Uh, They'll say, oh, look at this, great opportunity, gasoline's lower, people won't really even notice it if we raise their taxes on gasoline, and it'll help with the highway trust fund. I got a sinking suspicion that's what's going to come down the pike. Um, It's got to come one way, shape, matter, form. They're actually threatening to charge us by the mile as we drive, but... It's going to make most certainly for a very interesting congressional session. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. 24-7-365, the number two internet radio program according to TalkStreamLive.com. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Back here on the big broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on the Starcom Radio Network, 20-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. are good friends at TuneIn. Radio Loyalty and iHeartRadio. For a complete list of stations, check out JiggyJagwire.com. We've got a fantastic segment coming up here in a few moments, but before we get into that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. With our $20 bonus program, you earn $20 for every person you refer who gets a NetSpin prepaid credit card. A nurse is doing this for extra money. She's referring five people making $100 per day Seven hundred dollars per week. She does this part time. Imagine if you treated this like a job and worked at it eight hours a day. Could we refer five people, ten people, what about fifteen people? Do you get the point? For every five you refer, you make a hundred bucks. That adds up quickly. A special message for the unemployed. Are you unemployed and can't find work in this down economy? Perhaps you know someone else who is unemployed. Tell them about this. They may thank you. Chances are you have heard the old saying, give a man a fish and feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Being unemployed doesn't have to stop you. Allow us to show you a way to fish in this down economy. Google search promote to profit. That's P-R-O-M-O-T-E, the number two, P-R-O-F-I-T. Promote to profit. 
and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it with our next segment here on the big program. Bottom Mazzella and Dan Perkins are back with us. And uh, gentlemen, uh, this this situation that took place this past week with the uh, with with the terrorism in France and then the rally on Sunday. Um, why was there no U.S. representation at this event? Because it seemed like there were people from all over the world, but John Kerry, Eric Holder, President Obama, Joe Biden, all these guys were out to lunch. Um, it, it makes some of the claims that people say about the United States and how they support terrorism and how they support inter- in, in interrogation, intimidation, all these various things, it makes it awful hard to just think that's the Alex Jones or the conspiracy theorists of the world um, when they don't show up to something like this. Well, I, I was, I was, we were talking during the break. One of the things that concerns me is that Eric Holder was in Paris. And the government, our government, put him on a plane to get him out of town. Um, the the Josh Ernest, the, the press secretary for the president, said yesterday, in hindsight, we probably made a mistake by not going. Um, you would you would think <clears throat> that a man who's starting the seventh year as his term as president of the United States would have a greater degree of sensitivity and understanding of what happened in Paris and all the ramifications. And, and as Don and I were talking, he in fact does under, very much understand and doesn't want to associate himself with that, that kind of situation. I know that the New York Times, quickly after the attack, was more concerned about the radical back, the radical right backlash against the Muslim people in Europe than they were about the fact that 12 people were murdered and 11 people were, were terribly wounded. Um, the, the, uh, the idea that the, that the, the more conservative portion of those communities around Europe might come back to power uh, is seen as a threat by the liberal press in the United States. And... Um, it is certainly, uh, uh, with a reasonable possibility, one of the reasons why the president chose not to send anybody. You know, it's kind of interesting that I heard a reporter say, well, the White House sent five people to the funeral of the young man in, in Ferguson, Missouri, but couldn't find anybody to go to a protest march in Paris for the murder of 12 people by a terrorist organization. So it, 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 it really makes you wonder what is in this man's brain that he cannot see what his responsibilities as the leader of the United States is when it comes to, to these kind of public outcries for change. Don, you go. Well, I couldn't agree agree with you more. Uh, as you pointed out, he's in, he's in office seven years. Uh, but, but again, he has a view of the world that is different than Mike, uh, Mike Savage, you, me, Rush Limbaugh, and, and I think a majority of the American people. I, I think that there is um, uh, a, a kind deafness 
given him that he sees this world one way and uh, that's the way he's going to go. And, and you know, uh, another thing you have to keep in mind, uh, here in his last two years of, the, of his presidency, he's looking um, ahead to his retirement to move to New York and to be uh, the center of the liberal crowd there, the liberal press. And as you point out with the New York Times and, and most of the media, but it's interesting, uh, and again, Dan, I, 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 I want to say I have to be wrong, I'm wrong, and you're right. Um, uh, the media has shied away from calling them what they are, terrorists. And I think, um, uh, uh, which I, I was going to say, I've heard from sources that there were actually three other attacks that, that were supposed to occur during the holiday period and that they were broken up in the United States, in Germany, and in England. And uh, um, why the one in France was not broken up is, uh, again, uh, something I can't say. But if you recall, a couple, uh, I said that there, were, uh, there was talk of a holiday event. And ironically, the holiday event was wars against the media. But what happened, what happened and why um, or perhaps we'll never know, and, and I might be, my sources might be wrong, but, but the, the real issue here is you have an administration that really sees the world totally different than you, me, and they're not going to do any, they're not going to change it. They have absolutely no reason to, uh, to change it. They have no incentive. And, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. Most of the media, including the New York Times, have not gotten on President Obama for, uh, if you read CNN, if you hear CNN or MSNBC, there's no condemnation that he didn't go. Um, and uh, there's, other, there's other media, other other media who have have raised, not necessarily they're questioning the president, but they wonder what the decision was of why they didn't go when so many reporters went there to show support for the for the magazine publishers so that, that some of the liberal media and you have television and nobody watches MSNBC anyway so that doesn't count uh, but but much of the liberal media was uh, quite taken back with the fact that the president didn't go and so that they were taken back that they wouldn't condemn him no, no, they didn't. They didn't condemn him, and and then, um, so nobody seems to know why. And the president uh, hasn't been forthcoming. And Josh Ernest, the uh, press secretary, said that was it was not. It was a mistake. It probably was an oversight or a mistake that they didn't send anybody to that particular uh, uh, to that particular event. But it, but. Um, uh, I thought what was amazing that, that happened today was that, uh, and you may have heard about this, Don, um, CNN had a commentary this morning, an announcement, I shouldn't say it wasn't commentary, from the management of CNN which said they would not show any of the, any cartoon or any image that was unflattering to any religious figure. 
estoy arriba you know uh, um, I'm just going to come in um, that's BS because um, you know they allow an exhibit of a crucifixion uh, they, they publish a picture of a crucifixion being upside down in a, 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 a bowl of the earth and they called it art I mean, uh, if, I mean you know um, if, why is it that no one complained about that uh, which is Christian yet all of a sudden we have to be sensitive to um, uh, a Muslim it makes no it makes no uh, logical sense and uh, as, a, as a media person um, uh, I would say unequivocally that if it was news and, and <coughs> you have to know the reason why these people did this heinous act um, then uh, it, it just does not make sense well I'm, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you one person's one person's perspective as to why they did that I think that there are a large number of people in the media who were so shocked that these terrorists walked into this magazine newspaper and shot 23 people because of the way they portrayed Muhammad or Allah and that they are scared themselves. And I will point to you that, that Bill Maher said shortly, uh, or said last week, uh, on his show, do we now, as, as commentators and comedians, do we have to be careful what we say? Do we have to really think about what we're saying in the event that we may put our lives in jeopardy if, 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 if a person of a particular faith disagrees with what we say about their leader? I mean, I think what, what you, what the, the unspoken thing, in my opinion, that came out of the shootings in Paris is censorship. That the terrorists are trying to say to the world press, you better be careful what you say because if we don't like what you say, we may come in and kill you. Absolutely. That's pretty frightening. That's pretty frightening. It is. It is. It, it, it is. But the, but the press has been fearful for years. They've been fearful of political correctness. They've been uh, fearful of so many things that uh, they, they, they tied themselves up into knots. I mean, uh, I do this program only because uh, we can really talk and say things that are, are in some quarters, very unpopular. Certainly in the media side of the business, what you and I say often is very much against it. I went to a, um, uh, to a gathering of uh, journalists, I won't say where, um, and someone came up to me and said, you know, I, I've been hearing some things about you. Then he quoted a couple of things on this show and a couple of things I said on another show. I said, yeah, I said them. He said, why? And I said, because it's the truth, and you know it. And, uh, you know, we got into a very active discussion. Uh, the only thing I've learned, uh, well, some of, a lot of, one of the things I've learned 
growing older is I'm less contentious than I used to be. And, but uh, we really got into a heated discussion, so much so that uh, we drew a crowd. And this fellow uh, has a fairly high position with, uh, with a major, um, uh, uh, with a major media. Let's put it this way: you know, we've known each other for now almost 35 years, and um, uh, it, it was really interesting uh, knowing him as I do, and knowing what he was, and how he came out and said what journalism, what journalism should be when he was younger. And what are you saying now? Shocked me. And I told him that. I said, look, I knew you when. I said, and you would have never stood for that uh, years ago. Now you're telling me, uh, and by the way, this was before the uh, uh, Paris incident. I think our conversation would have been a little bit differently after the uh, Paris. But you're actually right. These um uh, Muslims have put a fear in uh, major media. Uh, but can I just go sideways for a minute? Sure. When I grew up, um, when I started out in journalism, we as reporters thought of ourselves as separate. We, we looked at, at our, our events as not being part of it, but being the people standing outside and looking at it. Now, we, we have become now part of the picture and with the ex expansion of mass media as it has we are in, in some cases creating the picture and the Muslims have recognized this and, and if they can intimidate the, uh, the media as they apparently have that they have succeeded in doing just that <coughs> if I were running a newspaper I would have run that ad that, that uh, cover on the front page. If I were a um, commentator on TV, <coughs> excuse me, I would have run that picture every time I ran a picture of the massacre. Because that is the only way the, the, the media, the, the, uh, what did Thomas Jefferson say? Give me a choice between a free society and a free uh, press. I would take a free press because it will give me a free society. We seem to have forgotten that in this time, and we seem to have, uh, we seem to choose our media by our, our thoughts, and unfortunately our thoughts are being shaped by people in the education system who believe in this uh, uh, political correctness and this uh, multiculturalism and all the other bullcrap that we, we see. Spanish should not be the second language of this country. And every time you go on an 800 number, they say hit, uh, 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 hit, uh, dose, yes. for Spanish. Yep. And I find that an insult. Uh, I really do. My father was forced to, to learn English, and he was proud of it. Um, and uh, your parents, wherever they came from, so I'll get off my high horse, <laughs> right, I'm so powerful, but I just feel so strongly about uh, these issues, and this is just a manifestation of it. All right. Well, let's do this. We're, we're, we're going to take one final time out, and when we come back, we'll wrap it up here with Don Mazzella and Dan Perkins here 
on the world famous Jiggy Jig Radio Show back here in a few moments. Let's tell you about one of our great marketing partners, the Transmedia Worldwide. Attention, man, just a friendly reminder that Valentine's Day is just around the corner. It's not too late to make her heart blaze with love for you. Imagine a jewelry craftsperson asks you a few simple questions and then creates the perfect gift of gemstones in gold or silver, or you can pick from a wide selection of gemstone jewelry and brand name watches, all without the frustrating shopping experience. Fast and the price you choose. Hundreds less than your local jewelry store. Enjoy her surprise and delight. Visit trailblazegems.com today and enter code CRADIO10 for $10 off your first order. That's right, it's trailblazegems.com. Surprise her this Valentine's Day with trailblazegems.com. And don't forget to use that promo code CRADIO10 for $10 off today. And we'll spell it for you, T-R-A-I-L-B-L-A-Z-E-G-E-M-S.com. And use that promo code C-R-A-D-I-O. The number one and the number zero, it's Trailblaze Gems. Check out trailblazegems.com and tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. It's a minute report for America. Supporters of the Affordable Care Act, known as Obamacare, may find 2015 troublesome. There is increased criticism from those with rejected claims. Increasingly, reports from medical billers say that rejections of claims for coverage are being denied with great frequency. Further, many are finding that the rates are not as affordable as the title of the legislation suggests. Much of the financial burden is being placed on Medicaid. With the new Republican majority in the legislative branch, it is likely that a number of the most unpopular provisions of the law will be examined. The 2.3% medical device tax, which many consider an obstacle to innovation, may be the first to be reconsidered. The harm from the legislation's defining of a full work week as a mere 30 hours, causing many employees to be reduced to part-time status, is also sure to be targeted. On March 4th, the U.S. Supreme Court will hear the case of King v. Burrell. In this matter, the plaintiffs contend that the law only permits subsidies on state-run exchanges, making the federal versions essentially illegal. About 5 million people are covered under federal exchanges. Ultimately, Obamacare's political fate will hinge on how effectively and affordably it provides coverage. Indications are the critics who have expressed concern about its cost to the nation and the possibility that financial considerations will cause rationing of services may be proven correct. I'm Frank Bernuccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com. 65, the Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Welcome back to the big broadcast, coast to coast and border to border, all over the World Wide Web and on 50 plus stations throughout the U.S. and Canada. Thanks for tuning in to the Jiggy Jaguar radio program from the KJG Radio Studios in downtown Hutchinson, Kansas. We are live as live can get Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 PM Mountain Standard. Number 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. Our podcast is available at JiggyJaguar.info. Also, we are available on iHeartRadio. Great new marketing partner I want to tell you about right now. Amazing stuff. Love, Sex, and Relationships by Rose Burke. That's right, the Escort Diaries, Survival of the Lingerie Girls. It's received the New York Book Festival Honorable Mention in 2014. 
It's a sexy chiclet model about a douchebag, a made college dropout, and a hot new career. You won't be able to put it down. It contains adult language and content. It's a sexy thriller that has it all. It's available in paperback and ebook. Check out roseburke.com. That's R O S E B U R K E. Dot com. The Escort Diaries, Survival of the Lingerie Girls. Amazing stuff. We're going to be talking to Rose Burke in the next couple weeks about this great book here on the program. Check out Escort Diaries, Survival of the Lingerie Girls at roseburke.com. And tell them you heard about it here on Transmedia Worldwide. Let's get into it here with our next guest here on the program. We've got Don Mazzella, Dan Perkins back with us. And um, gentlemen, as we wrap up this, uh, this, this final segment, today um, what, what, what do you guys want to talk about because there, there is a lot of news going on I know that earlier today uh, the, the, the Paris Prime Minister said that they are at war with radical Islam, not Islam um, we had the situation yesterday with um, ISIS supposedly hacking into the um, social media accounts of, uh, of uh, CENTCOM which uh, after a trace uh, was traced all the way back to um, Maryland, <laughs> and then um, Obama is pushing. Can I change the subject? Yes, let's go. Your call. Yeah, we go, go. I got an interesting. I got an interesting statistic across my desk today. Um, a new study of ten thousand uh, businesses across the country uh, been going on for four years, uh, and the average uh, company today spends. $9,500 on the health care insurance. That's up $2,000 from just uh, two years ago. Uh, but the average private employer employee pays about a third of that. Okay? The average cost of health care insurance for public employees is $11,000. And um, the, the average in uh, public employee only pays $2,400 of that. I found that as an astonishing statistic. And at the very same time, the Wall Street Journal is pointing out that uh, in Illinois and other states and in many municipalities, particularly in California, um, more than 50% of their budgets go for pension payments. Uh, so, uh, for public employees. So I thought between those two, uh, uh, you know, that's the unseen tax and burden on America that we really should be talking about. Uh, I, I, I just found, found that so fascinating. Uh, and, and the other uh, interesting fact is that the average public private employee is now paying uh, 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 the uh, a deductible of not uh, paying, uh, as I say, about 30, 35% of their health care costs um, versus just five years ago, they were paying less than 15%. So, um, so you know, uh, and Obamacare is supposed to uh, even things out, but it's in fact uh, uh, exacerbating the situation. Um, and I, I just thought uh, that we, we should talk about that because public pensions will, in a 
the next five years uh, be a real burden on every uh, uh, municipality, state, and, and the federal level as well? I can talk about that because I did a study a number of years ago of the Ohio Public Employees Retirement System and their health care program for teachers, police and fire, state highway patrol, and public employees. And I wrote an extensive report on this whole, what is called unfunded liabilities. The unfunded liabilities um, of retirement and health care costs on the federal deficit is um, larger than what we have right now at $18 trillion. Um, we have uh, these, quote, promises that were made, you know, and it, it fits, in a way, it fits with what we did the last 45 minutes, is that things have changed and uh, things are going to continue to change. Um, we, we cannot continue with, with literally hundreds of trillions of dollars of unfunded liabilities. Um, you know, uh, starting in January of 2012, uh, 10,000 Americans a day are, will begin to retire and will retire for the next 19 years. That's the equivalent of the city, the, the, the total population of metropolitan Chicago report retiring every year. This is going to put a demand on the Social Security system, on the Medicare system, the Medicaid system, and on retirement. And as a person intimately involved in managing money for people in retirement, uh, I deal with these issues all the time. And, and the biggest problem is when corporations switch from defined benefit pensions to 401ks, the responsibility moves to the employee, except with the public sector. The public sector still provides defined benefit pensions. And the problem is that people are living longer, healthcare is getting better, uh, and, but in some cases, depending upon the technology, more expensive, which is draining the budgets, and there's less and less money available. The problem we have in our federal budget is not buying airplanes and aircraft carriers. The problem we have that causes our budget to be so much out of whack are entitlement programs, Social Security, Medicare, those kinds of things. And as a nation, we're going to have to make some serious decisions about what's going to happen. Are we going to virtually let the country go bankrupt? Um, I believe the liberals think that's possible and, and think it's probably appropriate for America to go bankrupt. But the other, other side is, I think my children and my grandchildren, if we're going to cut the benefits and change the benefit structure of Social Security Medicare for future generations, allowing us to continue what we're getting, the quality of life for children going forward um, is it, going to diminish. And I would say to you that I would like to use that little nugget there uh, as a transition for subject matter that I would like to talk about next week, and that is that political correctness is destroying the will to try in the United States. And if I take away the will to try, I take away one of the most important things that separates Americans from the rest of the world. But we can talk about that next week if you want to. Definitely. Well, that's a thing. Oh, 
I'd love to. You know, um, yeah, the idea here that that governments are responsible for making these payments, it's like most people don't know, for example, that the British pension system, when the actuaries designed that system, the actuaries said that men would live to an average age of 77 and women would live to an average age of 82. They had no idea or didn't even begin to comprehend that there would be people living past 100 years of age drawing benefits, both medical and 